Hi, welcome to Anecdote, the place where we talk about startups, businesses, entrepreneurs. My name is Lezo Putsure, your host for today, and this is featured by the Edisender School of Business, the first startup school in the Northeast. Hey, welcome to the show today. You know, the reason why I love talking to entrepreneurs, to startups is because they think solutions and not problems. Last week, I had a meeting with a couple of young people based in Kohima because there's been a lot of issues with parking, where to park, where not to park. And these young people are building an app which will track where parking spaces are available. So this is, this is you know, what entrepreneurs do. They think of solutions, they think of impact, and they also think of revenue. So cheers to them, wishing them all the best. They're called Parky, and uh, you can, you know, catch up with them soon. Today, I have a very special guest, somebody who's working with startups, who's been in this space for a long time. He's Manipuri, but based in Sikkim. His name is Tej Chingtam. He's the CEO uh, and one of the main people who've actually been behind the success of Northeast startups. CEO AIC SMU Technology Business Incubation Foundation, Tej Jingdam, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. Tej, how has businesses changed post-pandemic? Well, uh, it's a very interesting question because uh, this is very, very relevant from the perspective of what we are going through right now and how things have just opened up and how things have begun to uh, shape up as, uh, as, as, an, as a new uh, perspective, uh, you know, with a new change in the way we look forward to businesses, the way we look at, you know, the society at large. Everything has changed. Okay. Our mindset, even now, the way we meet our friends have become we have become, you know, we started meeting up virtually uh, where we used to meet earlier. We used to meet in, in restaurants. Now we started meeting up virtually and we are all happy about it. As long as we could talk, I think we are we are on the same thing. So uh, on those lines, uh, even the startups and the businesses that we have here all went through a similar difficulty uh, when the first wave of pandemic started off. Then everyone, what everyone thought was, okay, it was for once and maybe once it subsides and things will be back to normal. Mm-hmm. But then again, the second wave, again, a surprise, surprisingly, a second wave came in and, and, and then there are talks about a third wave and, and fourth wave and so on and so forth mm-hmm. because it becomes all the more unpredictable. And the resilience that we have as human is something that we are able to see when we have difficult difficulties coming in front of us. Mm-hmm. So uh, similarly, even our entrepreneurs and the startup did show that they are resilient enough to face this uh, difficult difficult times. If you look at it, you as an entrepreneur yourself, mm-hmm. uh, I have seen a lot of the startup from across the Northeast, from people from around this region, you know, trying to uh, get make the best out of things that is available to them. Mm-hmm. So I think... Uh, we are kind of, it was difficult in the first wave, but the second wave we were kind of, yes, though it was, it is indeed very difficult. Mm-hmm. But having said that, we kind of learned uh, that, you know, we could still uh, do around this and make make uh, make better things out of it. That is what I felt, yes. Amazing. So are there some outliers, uh, some people who've stood out, disrupted the way they do business? How are businesses, you know, going to change once the pandemic is over? Uh Interestingly, I would also like to call, uh, quote a use case. For instance, uh, a brick mortar uh, instances is a very good example that mm-hmm. we talked about. Okay. Well, in fact, if you look at it, I think the COVID situation changed perspective for a lot of businesses. Mm-hmm. For instance, we were paying rent on this for quite some time. The virtual world came in. We were talking about technology. We were selling because you don't need to have an app to sell your product. You have a brick and mortar uh, office or or a shop where you're selling things. And then suddenly you find that, you know, you cannot open it. There's a guideline that you cannot open those 
because people the footfall is not that people are not allowed to go out of their houses Correct. but they still need those stuffs and did you you uh, and there is demand for it mm-hmm. and now people started innovating how should i deliver this how should i make sure that you know a customer gets it now we use the existing because you were not prepared selling making an app immediately you can't possibly make an app in two days time and then make it roll out and people are not even aware of that exactly. so what they did they said that you know you have my phone number now you have whatsapp mm-hmm. so we use whatsapp we use messaging technology we use the photographs that's available i take a photograph you know existing techniques that is there we started using it and we started selling it mm-hmm. all we now need is we don't need a space we don't need a shop in the middle of the you know main town mm-hmm. rather i can have a small warehouse where i can uh, the rent becomes much more cheaper and you know the the profit margin is increased in the way if you look at it from the mm-hmm. all we did was instead of the rent i added a delivery guy that was the only thing but when i added a delivery guy i think we also be very proud that we are we are, we are generating one more employment which is which is all the more better in this difficult times right. you are helping one more family one more person to survive and sustain mm-hmm. it was not about just paying rent to the owner of the shop or to the to the establishment who owns that particular places mm-hmm. so now i think the perspective did change so i think uh, and and uh, you must have seen even whether it is nagaland or manipur sikkim or assam mm-hmm. a lot of people went into a into a delivery mechanism where you know you don't really need to have a big warehouse and all the stuff so uh, as i keep talking you said you said about technology and all stuff we talk about innovation whenever we talk about innovation there are two type of innovation one is an incremental innovation and one is a disruptive innovation i think a lot of people did you know uh, incremental innovation this which i was talking about is an incremental innovation you have the business you already have everything all you did was the delivery mechanism mechanism was not there and you didn't know what to do you're not buying new technology you're not buying a mobile app instead you're not spending on somebody who is building a mobile app mm-hmm. instead you're using whatsapp and you're selling the same amount of product you have the same customer buying the same lot of thing and then you're selling it sure. so that means you know people thought of an incremental change mm-hmm. what was that adding whatsapp into your business which was not there we never thought about it mm-hmm. selling it on instagram for instance these are things that we never used it before and then now we suddenly found the lockdown was happening and it did work for us and in the process what what happened we were able to save the rental that was there in you know which we were conventionally paying uh, i want to put one one simple example that happened as a use case in my incubator is there's a startup who deals with uh, taxi aggregators i think you are aware that this taxi used to ply from uh you know different places and they are generally what happens is the aggregator generally do not have a taxi for themselves they are just generally platforms mm-hmm, uh and taxi owners you know get onto the platform the owner or the taxi has to do one two things one is they have to pay emi for the taxi mm-hmm. the second thing is they also have to pay the drivers yeah there are two things that the 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 you know liability uh, is there for two two people for the owner of the taxi at the same time in the platform mm-hmm. if they go out of the market during the lockdown mm-hmm. what will the owner of the taxi say whenever in good times you were with us at bad times you left us true, you know true. so you are you left us for to to fend for ourselves mm-hmm. that is what the owner of the taxi would definitely say mm-hmm. but what this guy did was they came to the incubator since you you talked about this incubator what we did was we did a lot of brainstorming i said this is what is happening now what should we do there's just a technical platform technology platform there was just you could book on the taxi and then you could use them so what we said was is there any way we could make use of the taxi available is there any way where we could get some permission and then you know get things moving mm-hmm. and if you look at it lot of us i think including you we are located inside the main part of the city Correct. the problem was 
in the villages, you know, in the remote areas, the farmers, they were growing their vegetables. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was rotting there because they can't eat all of it. It was meant for us in the village. They were supposed to sell it, but it was rotting there because there was no vehicle connecting it. Mm-hmm. One problem. Secondly, people like you and me living in the city area or in the town area, we are not able to get the vegetable. It's there in the farm mm-hmm. and we are not getting it. Now, what we decided was let's do something. Let's use the same taxi, the same Innova, the same good vehicle. How does it matter? We can always clean it up. So we use it. We use the same driver. They pick up from the farmers, bring it to us, and then they deliver it to us. You know, it's such a beautiful chain. The farmer also got the money they want. We living in cities got our food, fresh vegetable. They mm-hmm. plucked it in the morning. I'm getting it by 11, 12 o'clock in the, in, in, by morning. I'm getting nice. the money that is coming out of it. You know, the platform owner is getting five, 10% commission for nice. the platform. It's the same thing. Just nice. that instead of passenger, it has become vegetable. That's the only difference. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't matter mm-hmm. as long as the, and then the owner of the text is able to pay to the driver and he's able to pay EMI and get some profit for himself. In nice. this chain, everybody got benefited. Nobody was lost, had a loss in it. Amazing. So I think it gives us a lot of room to innovate. I think that was one of the good thing we did. We did in the incubator for this particular startup. Now, Coming to this, mm-hmm. coming to the other part of it, there is a sad part of it. For every good thing, there's always a bad part of it. It has estab- established so well. Now the tourists have started coming in. Now the farmers don't want to continue with the same business. <laughs> this guy comes to us and say, how should we handle this? Should we launch another vertical? Mm-hmm. Now there is a difficulty there. Either they have to launch two verticals, which may become difficult because they are not an expert in this field. They are only into tourism. Tourism has become an, a logistic expert now. Mm-hmm. So now this, these are two domains. Now we have to build our strength. As an incubator, we advise and see what are the priorities they have, what are the commitments they have, whether they have taken any you know, investors' investment thesis. Mm-hmm. Based on the thesis, you've got some investment. Based on that, if you have done something, how should you go about taking it forward? These are a few things that we, we discuss in the incubator. We try taking this forward, yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's a great problem to have. You know, more problems, more opportunities for entrepreneurs. Yes. You know, doctors, what are we trying? Yes. Yeah, what are we trying to actually do with the Edicenter School of Business and even with the other incubators is to create a space where entrepreneurs can come, experiment, fail, succeed. Tell us about your incubator and uh, how does it work? Uh, why is it important for a startup or a business to be incubated? Well, okay. So this is very interesting because when we talk about incubation, a lot of people think that incubation is a co-working space. It's very different. Incubation is a process. Mm-hmm. It is very important to understand when we talk about incubator. Mm-hmm. Incubator, basically, you must have come across three different types of incubator. When I say incubator, mm-hmm. you must have seen those, you know, in early days, if you remember those egg hatching from, a, a, you know, in, in those electric machines and then chicks coming out of it. Yes. That's an incubator. Mm-hmm. Then we also have those, you know, in pediatric ward in, in, in for the babies. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you go to the hospital, you'll find a pediatric ward where they have there's blue lamp where they put a child when they have jaundice and when they have those early stage difficulties of it. So they put there as well. Correct. And then comes the business incubator. In all the three, if you look at it very carefully, there is one similarity. It all deals with early stages of life. So an incubator is dealing with early stages of any business. Anybody coming with an idea, anybody coming with, say, for example, they walk in with an idea or they say they have an idea, but, you know, they've also got a customer traction in the sense like they've got a couple of, you know, thousand customers they have, but they want to make it into 10,000 customers. Mm-hmm. So earning one crore rupees is different from earning hundred crore rupees. There's a difference in the business plan altogether. Mm-hmm. The model is completely different. Yes. So 
in switching those plans, in switching from one to other, mm-hmm. you have to say, for example, from idea converting into a product is like a different plan altogether. Correct. So we identify at what stage a startup is or an, an entrepreneur's venture is based on the based on the venture that comes in. We put them into three different modules in our program. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have three different modules. So incubation basically is a process. Mm-hmm. So we call this a gestation period. And in this gestation period, what we do is, if it is an idea stage, they go through three different modules. The, all the three they go through. If they are into the early traction stage, they go into the second part of it. We have run run a couple of programs uh, which is which look more like an acceleration program. Mm-hmm. We have one currently running which is known as a, a startup acceleration program for Northeast. Mm-hmm. I have uh, thirty plus startups from all the states of Northeast. Nice. All the states of Northeast. We have at least one or two from yeah. We are from Nagaland. We are from uh, Mizoram. Also, we are from Mizoram. We are from Tripura, Manipur, Assam. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we have so. Mm-hmm. What we do here is we try to intervene and say that, you know, whatever business we are doing, doing uh, what we wanted to do is we want to do an orbit change. What does an incubator does is it changes the orbit. I'm not saying that we are going to launch it to the moon, but it changes the orbit from it to the next level at least, you know. I'm not saying that it will go to the moon, but it will change from whatever. If you are earning 100 rupees today, we want to increase 210 rupees. Mm-hmm. If I'm not saying that it will become a crore in a day's time, Correct. but we try to make it 110 because it's still good for you to increase that 10 rupees. That is what we do in an incubator. Amazing. That's amazing, Doc. You know, we've got four incubators here as well, and we hope we can follow your footsteps. Thank you for the guidance and support as always. There's so much buzz about startup right now in the world, in India, in the Northeast. I want to ask you, can anyone have a startup? Uh, let's do, uh, before I put into that perspective, I just want to put uh, two, two things, actually. Each one of us, we all believe that we are talented. And, 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 and I fairly agree with this because we are talented in some way or the other. We may not be always talented in terms of the, uh, from the, from the you know, perspective of education. We could be talented in a different way. I could be a very, very talented driver. I could be a very, very talented carpenter. Everyone is talented because he's or her own way. The only thing is we do not tap them and convert them into a mm-hmm. business idea. We do not convert them into a commercially viable, yes. product, which I could use it as a means of revenue for ourselves. That's mm-hmm. something that we do not see. True. Unfortunately, you know, when we talk about knowledge, the moment we have knowledge, we, we it's very important to remember that, you know, there are two types of uh, knowledge. One is a factual knowledge, which we can get from the books. Mm-hmm. The other one is an experiential knowledge, which mm-hmm. comes out of experience. Uh, you know, factual knowledge can be learned, but the experiential knowledge is something that you build based on you know in all these years of your uh, say once you become 20 25 what you think was good say for example you're an artist if you think you're a good artist mm-hmm. probably you have money there where you can there are a lot of people who are ready to buy your art mm-hmm. you know it could be music it could be anything sure. but unfortunately we have not identified that so one of the major component that we need to look at is you know identifying and catch them young i would like to use the word catch them young mm-hmm. i think you have helped a lot of people and so the other day we discussed with one or a couple of people that you are trying to uh, you know nurture and it's wonderful that you're doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to tell you is, you know, get some young is something that we, we can help them and make sure that they come onto a, onto a certain level where they can understand that, you know, by this, I can actually, you know, earn my living. I can generate revenue. I can make money out of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the first and foremost thing that we all have to uh, identify because why I'm saying this is because you are in notice. I'm from notice. We all know, you know, what we look at is the only talented people only goes to the, the only talent. If you have talent, you go to government job. That is what we have always believed. I hope you agree with me. Yes. The only thing is if you are talented, then only you get the government job. Mm-hmm. Only if you get a government job, then you are talented. Mm-hmm. So other people are not considered to be talented. Uh, otherwise, this is the reason why I just laid the foundation going forward from here. The other question, which I keep raising on almost all the platform is in the Northeast. A lot of people feel that, you know, we are disadvantaged because of the location that we are. 
So I was telling you, I think uh, even Nagaland, Manipur, Mizoram, all of us, there is no state in the eight states of Northeast which does not have an international boundary. Mm-hmm. All of us have an international boundary. We have always looked at it as a challenge. And the entire 96% of the, you know, the boundaries of Northeast is uh, boundaries with international boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you look at, and only only about 4% gets connected to the other part of India, if you look at it by the map, if you look, go by the map. Sure. So we've always looked at this as a challenge. The problem here is we have six crore plus population in the Northeast here. And we could always target it. And this is bigger than many of the European countries. The size of the population is much, much more bigger than many of the European countries. You can check on the internet. You'll find that the Northeast has population, which is much larger than many European countries. The the only thing is people tend to look at it as a fashion to have. You know, I have my startup in Germany. I have my startup in, you know, UK. But the Mm. problem is you have, when you have larger number of population here mm-hmm. they also and the per capita income of the northeast is also much better than the, the national per capita average mm-hmm. so there are people who are capable of buying your product here nice. and you have a market here you have customers here mm-hmm. why should i always look at something beyond mm-hmm. that is something that That's we have never thought of it as an opportunity second thing is the borders that we are talking about could always be converted into an opportunity because we are the closest to the southeast asian market mm-hmm. something true. that we have never thought of yes. let's say for example you talk about bamboo shoot the larger part of India, if you try to sell bamboo shoot in, you know, in Delhi or Mumbai, there are very few people who eat, mm-hmm. especially the Northeast people will only buy and eat. Otherwise, <laughs> the local there do not generally eat bamboo shoot. But if you look in Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. Southeast Asia, they consume a lot of bamboo shoot. Why are we not pushing our bamboo shoot in the Southeast Asian market? We've never thought about it. Mm-hmm. There are buyers there. They're ready to pay you in dollars. Mm-hmm. Singapore is 750 uh, square kilometers. Mm-hmm. Sikkim, as I sit here and talk to you, is 7,500 kilometers. That's about, we are 10 times bigger than it because Singapore cannot grow anything. Mm-hmm. They don't have land to grow things. They mm-hmm. are claiming land by putting sand into the sea and claiming all the area. The Marina Bay, Bay area, the whatever that area is there. All of them are reclaimed from the sea on, mm-hmm. if you look at it carefully. Yes. So they don't have yes. place to grow. So why don't we use our capacity and mm-hmm. then push our products into those markets and maybe uh, take advantage of it? That is that is my opinion uh, as we go forward. So I think we have a lot of opportunity. Unfortunately, you know, the awareness is something that we have to create from mm-hmm. the beginning. And uh, how we go about doing it is depends on people like you who can push on the ground and say, you know, this, these are the opportunities. We are always there to help uh, from the incubator, whatever we can. So I think people like you on the ground should definitely be, you know, push this message across as well. Wow, that's such an eye-opener with your data, with your analysis, you know, just your insights on how the space of startups can really boom from the Northeast. Before we go, and we usually do this, Doc, is there any last message you'd like to give today? Well, I just want to make it into a simple line uh, that I keep telling my startups as well. You know, Mm -hmm. if if you want to fly high, you have to fly with the eagles. If you want to swim, you have to swim with the ducks. If you want to fly very, very high, and if you swim with the ducks, you will neither fly nor will you swim. That's a message that I want to give. If you want to do something, please jump into it. Get your hands dirty. Get into it. Start working. A lot of people are going to tell you that you cannot fly. We will fly and we'll show the rest of the world. Unless you start flapping your wings, we cannot possibly start flying. So let's begin today. That is the message that I would like to tell you. Amazing. That's so motivating, Doc. Thank you very much for being on a podcast and lovely anecdote to end today's show. Thank you, Lazo. Thank you for having me. Thank you so very much. Thank you very much for listening to a podcast. We release a new episode every Friday. So if you're a startup, you're an entrepreneur, you're somebody who's interested in business, you can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify. I'm Lazo Putsuri from the Edison Center School of Business, the first startup school in the Northeast. Thank you and have a great weekend.